Welcome to the Women's Retail Collective podcast, where we pull together retail's most influential women to talk about their careers, how they made it to senior leadership and C-suite positions, and how they lead their organizations through this rapidly evolving retail industry. Today, I'm thrilled to have with me Jill Renslow. Jill is the Executive Vice President of Business Development and Marketing from All of America. Jill, thanks for being on the show with me today. Thanks, Anne. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, I, Jill, I met you a couple of years ago, and I remember one of the really remarkable things about you. There are a lot of things I, I remember uh, upon meeting you, but uh, was your, your career story. And if you can, for the audience, start at the beginning and tell us a little bit about you and how you came into your first job in retail. Oh my goodness, a a flash in the past. Um, So I grew up in St. Cloud, which is about an hour and a half north of the Twin Cities. Um, Grew up in a family of five girls. I was the baby. Um, So you can imagine the the family dynamics were quite interesting, Um, but we were very competitive and always looking for different paths. Um, My first retail job was actually at the local convenience store called Little Dukes. It was owned by Coburn's in (laughs) St. Cloud. Um, and I just, I loved the interaction with the guests. I loved the regulars that would come in. I could memorize all of the, the purchase behaviors that they had and just knowing that I could make a difference in their day. And I absolutely loved it. And I went on from there to be a server at Applebee's. Um, again, a service type of job where you could really interact with people. And I just loved it. Um, went on to get my undergrad at St. Cloud State. So I stood close to home, um, majored in marketing and math and communications and ended up interning at Mall of America at my senior year. And okay. I was very interested in event marketing as I developed the, um, my love for marketing in my college classes and had my sights set on Disney, um, but did not want to relocate to Florida. And so I thought, what's the closest thing that was similar to Disney, but Mall of America. So I was really excited to have the internship. And you know what? I started... 23 years ago, and I am still here today. So it is, I think I'm definitely, um, you know, one of the unusual suspects that actually stays with their career as a lifer, um, but I absolutely love it. And it's different every single day. And I've always been on the marketing or the guest um, okay. generating side of the organization and the brand, but have had so many different hats throughout my journey. And it's just been ever changing and always challenging. And I absolutely love that about them all and to have a family ownership group that allows us the flexibility to try a ton of new things. And I still get the chance to interact with guests. I love working with all of our tenants and we have so many unique partners that allow us to do fun and exciting things to keep it fresh here every day. And Jill, what are the types of things that you're doing, you know, right now in your current role? Um, I I know there's a lot going on. You mentioned some of the partnerships and bringing in new ideas, but can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now at Mall of America? So a lot of it is in preparation for Q4. Um, You know, we had been closed for three months and it allowed us to take a step back and really look at our roadmap of what we had planned for our journey um, in the future. And obviously many things that had changed recognizing the one thing that we could control was safety and making sure that as a building that we had those safety precautions in play, but also the communication and the relationship we have with our customers to rebuild that trust and confidence to bring people back. 
Um, and as we look at Q4, it's really important for us to evaluate all the different components of the holiday season because it's so important for all of us, especially now with all the anxiety and, and the changing elements that we have that sense of joy and tradition and keeping our mental health in check and making sure that we can have things to look forward to, especially spending time with family and friends in safe environments. And so we wanna make sure we evaluate all those different components, look at what we've been able to create over the years, how we can maintain those elements, but still understand we have a new, um, new, new protocols that we have to have under evaluation and see how we're gonna implement this year. Um, we do have our site set beyond that for, you know, as we look towards next year, um, but it's really hard as everybody's experiencing to plan too far in advance because there right. are so many uncertainties and unknowns that we're un not under um, in control of. So um, it's looking at more micro level steps as we look at planning ahead. And Jill, as you look at that kind of timeline of your time at Mall of America, this quarter, I'm sure being one of those seminal moments, but what are some of the changes that you've seen over the course of that timeline and how do, what stands out, I guess, for you on the business side of things and your professional development and personally, are there, are there some like moments or times that when I talk about this kind of come to mind for you is like, that was a, a turning point in my career or something that I'll always remember. A turning point for me was definitely the rebranding of Nickelodeon universe. Cause that okay. was the transition from when I went to um, a core marketing professional to more business development and understanding the diversity of all the parts that make things possible. Um, I was a project manager of that rebranding effort. So an, an entire year of my time was dedicated towards Nickelodeon and how we were converting, you know, the, the beloved Camp Snoopy that we still hear about today that people still miss <laughs> Camp Snoopy. But you know, refreshing it and looking at what the future was going to look like for the theme park. And I really enjoyed working on all the different facets of that project. And it really opened my eyes to broaden um, my skill sets and really be a sponge and take in so many different skill sets that now make me a stronger business person today, and especially a leader as I learned to navigate um, through, the pro uh, through the property and our organization, as well as all of our partners. So I'd say Nickelodeon is definitely one that's close to my heart. Um, and it's crazy to think we're over 10 years into that partnership. Um, time flies when, you know, you look at these milestone events. But I'd also say that, you know, even just the addition of our hotels and our renovation, um, the physical changes of this building and the diversification of our mix has really been game changing to make sure that we continue to strengthen our position as a leader in the retail entertainment um, industry, but also when you have those different uses, it really complements what's already here and opens up the door for new opportunities. So I definitely think those are important as I look back through um, my journey here, but it's also the, the behind the scenes elements and the decision making that we've done that's not necessarily physical, but like our um, the integration of technology for our enhanced service portal, where we were able to unify all the communication channels for our team to be able to develop relationships with our guests and to monitor and manage those and to enhance what that experience could be and how we've tied that back through all the innovation that we've done moving forward. And that was back, you know, 15 years ago um, at this wow. point um, that we started that journey. Um, but then you even look at like our decisions of being closed on Thanksgiving. And that was about five years ago. And that was a change that you know, shook things up a little bit. People were curious of what we were thinking of being closed on a day when we can generate revenue. 
but we knew it was the right thing to do. We have 13,000 employees in this building. We needed right. to give back to them, recharge and focus the energy on Black Friday. But now as we're faced with it, what does Black Friday look like um, during this pandemic? And we're going to change again. We need to take a look at how that's going to be different for our guests, our employees, and the industry as a whole. So it's been it's fun to look back, um, look at how those changes have compounded and how it's brought us to where we're at today. And what do you think, Jill, like you look at that, all the changes, the transitions that you've been through, you talk about the technology that you guys have been implementing for the last 15 years and especially over the course of the last few months. Where do you think that the next few years will go? Like where is a, where are you planning to take Mall of America um, into this future mall concept? What does that look like for you? Well, what's exciting is brick and mortar is going to be stronger than ever. I think as we go through this pandemic, you're going to see a lot of shift towards more online brands coming to brick and mortar. And we started seeing that pre-COVID. So just the mix of retail is going to change and become stronger because those brands really get um, the, the connection of digital and physical and how they play together really well. And so I think the overall shopping experience will get stronger as we move forward. And that's um, that's one of our major assets of this building, um, but also continuing to look at how we're going to bring different partners to the table, how we're going to strengthen the entertainment mix that we have here, um, and also look at what does hospitality look like? What are other uses? We look at how trends are changing with even e-gaming and what mm-hmm. does that mean for our building? We do a lot of events around e-gaming, but is there a physical permanent fixture um, because it's a global trend that we want to connect with those um, with those fans and see how we can interact. But I think as we look forward, it's really looking at consumer behavior, understanding that we've learned a lot over the six months as we've all been forced to shop differently. We recognize that and you have to have the consumer front and center as you look towards the future because they're going to drive the decisions of how businesses shape Um, how they interact and what the experience looks like. Um, I think what's important is we've always listened to our customer. And I think as that integration of the enhanced service portal came into play years ago, it reminded us that that listening was extremely important that we learned about pain points within the experiences for customers. We reacted. And when we show um, those changes take place because we were hearing it from the customer, that's really important. So that's going to drive where we go for the future. Very service orientated Um, and convenience driven because we all now have all these different tools that we can use to start our journey. But we all love to be in the physical space. We love to shop. Um, I know that, you know, just the human interaction, and we're all learning that from webinars and Zoom calls and shopping um, remotely, we still want to have that connection with other people. And so it it's just the, the way that we shape it in a safe environment and take in consideration the changes in behaviors. And Jill, where are you going? Part of your job is finding these new trends and trying to figure out and stay ahead of what your customers are are going to want, keeping them front and center. What do you do to stay on top of trends and to really try to find that information? I'm sure a lot of it's probably intuitive because of the amount of experience that you have. But if you were going to, you know, throw some names out there of things that you, you, whether it's, you know, publications you read or, or something like that, how are you doing that? I read and listen to as much content as I possibly can. I've found that I listen to a lot more podcasts than I ever yep. used to just because I have that time in the car 
or on a run or whatever it might be, um, just to be a sponge and soak it all in. I have found that when I look outside of our industry is where I'm most inspired. Um, you know, Say more looking, about that. Looking at industries and the changes that they're doing, what brands are, um, how they're moving forward and what innovations they are bringing to their customers or even B2B plays, um, what that can look like. And then how does that translate based on the behaviors that they're learning? How does that translate to the industry that that I'm involved in and that our team works in. Um, you know, I look, I really keep on top of what's happening in the local industry. So I always stay on top of like the business journal and making sure that you know what's going on in your backyard. I think that's really important. But also, you know, I, I watch everything with NRF and ICSC um, and ad agents, some of the, the ones that are pretty obvious, but it's when you go outside of that is where I think the exciting things happen. And, and I'm always looking at brands that are doing new things and trying to dive deeper into how could we work with them? They're, they're a brand. They have decision makers that want to be courageous and they want to take risks. How can we work together? Um, and one of the example of that is last year, we reached out to M Health because they had the, the brand alliance with um, Fairview they were rebranding, they were trying new things, they wanted to bring medicine and they wanted to bring medical services directly to the consumer. My flags went off and we, you know, we wanted to see how could we work with them? They want to bring it to the consumer. We have the consumer, how do we make this work? Um, and the last holiday season, we opened an M-Health Fairview walk-in clinic. Um, that was the first phase of what our future partnership could be with something larger here at Mall of America. But that's, and we always wanna look at how can we walk, excuse me, how can we walk before we run um, in these opportunities to just explore um, new partnerships? And people usually are very reactive to that when there's not a lot of investment up front, when we can just see if something's sticky and people react to it. Um, and we do that across the spectrum with all the projects that we're working on. We usually test things out and, and get response and then and modify. But um, I love just working with partners that are curious and want to try new things. I, you know, when I was at Target, a big part of my job there was figuring out our partnerships for the store of the future that we are building. And I'm curious, Jill, what kind of advice would you have for someone who's trying to, one, follow these brands and where they're going and look outside of their industry? But what have you used to kind of sell that, that idea through to you know, the, the other leadership members of Mall of America to kind of take something that's outside the norm, you know, like bringing, bringing healthcare into a, a mall setting is a brand new idea. It's not, you know, following the same rubrics, I'm sure of, you know, financial and other, you know, leasing models. You're probably having to change a few things about how you think about that. What did you do for your, your um, colleagues in that space? Or what would you recommend that people do as they're kind of seeking those partnerships outside? What's great is I have a team that pushes me. Um, it, we always look for team members that are, you know, curious and looking to do things differently. And that's why I love the team that we have and, and how we work together because we're always challenging each other to do something different. And I think that's important when you're in a work environment that you don't want cookie cutters of yourself. You want to make sure you have a diverse mix of team members. Um, but I'm always encouraging our team to just look beyond what's in front of you. Um, and the easy part is coming up with ideas. It's the execution of those ideas that the challenging part and our team is 
extremely well-versed in being able to make the impossible possible. And so it's always that if you get a no today, it just means it's not the right timing. Um, it's about the decision maker that's at the helm and where they're at as an organization. But I mean, we've had deals and partnerships that have taken us 10 years um, to facilitate because it just wasn't the right time. But when you know there's something right, you just have to be patient or you have to repackage the idea and present it in a different way. And that's worked with us many times. And I'm never discouraged by the word no. Um, it just, you have to look at it in different ways. And we're always encouraging the team that we have to try new things and we have to fail it at them because we want to push ourselves to the limit. And if we're not failing, we're not trying hard enough or being as creative as we can be. And with that, that support system in place, it gives our team the reassurance that that they have, you know, I have their back, their team has their back, and we're going to do this together. And you no doubt fostered a culture of, of acceptance of those ideas. So probably another idea for people is to make sure you're in an environment where, or try to get yourself into an environment where they, they have a leader like you, Jill, where, where they, will, they will consider the ideas and help them push them further, even if it takes 10 years. Um, Jill, is there anything else as you look ahead that is on your career bucket list that you haven't done yet? Um, well, I love to talk with young minds and I love to be part of, um, be, I love to guest speak, but I would love to have my own class someday. Um, I'm actually a guest speaker tonight at St. Thomas and it's talking with students about omni-channel retail and um, their relationships I've had for years. And so I get the opportunity to go back to these classes and talk. Um, but I would love to uh, figure out a night class or something that I could do because I just, the young minds and the the energy that they have about the potential of the future. And, and I wish I had um, more exposure to professionals as I was going through my journey to decide my career path, because I feel like a lot of times when you think about retail, I was like, oh, I want to be a buyer. Um, they don't really have the spectrum of opportunities that are out there. And when I can expose, um, you know, college students or people that are looking for their career, but just all, the variety of career paths that the retail industry offers, um, their eyes just light up and they get really excited about what's possible. So I love that part of it. And then to dovetail into the second piece of my future is I would love to write a book. Um, I just haven't found the time yet, but heaven knows I have plenty of content to write a book about my experience at the mall um, being here 23 years. But I, um, when I get a chance, I definitely want to sit down and capture all those memories and be able to share them with others. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, you kind of walked into one of my questions that now I have to go back to, but um, I'm curious if you were going to write a syllabus for that college course that you might teach someday, especially inclusive of what you've been through the last six months having been closed for three of those months and then getting everybody back on track and getting them all up and running, what if you could think of like a few of the lessons that would be on that syllabus, what would be key things that you'd want to be sharing with people as they embark on their retail careers? I've definitely learned a lot myself over the last six months. You learn about how you react to these stressful situations and the constant change that's happening. So I would definitely say that if I were to drop a syllabus and look at some of the content that I would want to cover, definitely about just agility and collaboration and leadership. Um, that's one thing that we've learned a lot about and walls have come down um, in this effort during COVID of just collaborating with competitors in the marketplace, in the industry, and just learning from each other and what's going to work out best. So I definitely include that about leadership. 
I would say crisis management and communication um, and learning how to kind of level set the playing fields and, and take it from a calm approach and making sure you're not doing knee-jerk reaction um, solutions or making those decisions too quickly. I would say um, consumer-centric innovation, um, not letting technology lead, but making sure that you have the customer in mind and having your goals and objectives set and then finding the technology tools to accommodate what you want to achieve. And last and probably one of the most important would be um, looking at the connectivity with community. In the time that we were closed, we immediately realized, you know, we have this huge property that's closed right now. How can we leverage this and help the community in time of need? We quickly set up um, blood banks for the American Cross to collect blood for those in need. Um, you know, not, even though it's a, a closed building, we were able to find a way to help. And even beyond that, we've already set up a food bank with the Sheridan story. We've opened a charter school for the Minnesota Transitions Charter School because they were destroyed in the unrest in the community. And we're getting um, close to launching a new retail collaboration with the businesses that were either looted or destroyed with arson during the unrest and bringing them in a unified collaboration um, to operate here at Mall of America rent-free. Just understanding that there's a lot of challenges that they're facing, but we want to help the industry with all um, but what, what's been facing them and how we can come together and move forward. I think that you just have an entire university of Jill Renslow's uh, experience in one class. So definitely we'll be signing up for that. Uh, when, when that stage of your life uh, comes upon us, Jill, uh, you let us know and I'll, I will be the first one to sign up for that. Everything all into one course. I love it. Economics down to community resourcing and planning. It's incredible. Well, Jill, as you look back on your entire career, I, I like to ask this question in closing um, because I think it's really important to acknowledge those people who have made an impact on, on your life as, as your career develops. Um, if you were going to write a thank you note to someone who's impacted your career, who would you write that note to and what would you say? I would, that's a tough question. Um, I would have to say I would definitely think my parents, that might be too obvious if that's what everybody else says, but my parents really shaped my um, my desire to be competitive, but yet to be a perfectionist at the same time and wanting to do well. And actually the, the note of perfection comes from my father and it actually has hurt me um, in it um, and trying to do too well at things. Um, and I've learned over the years to let go of that to a certain extent, but it it also pushes me to do things to the best ability that I can. Um, but I would say just my my upbringing has definitely shaped who I am. I want to thank you so much for spending this time with us today and for sharing all of these lessons. I think there's so much that we can learn from what you've been able to do, especially during one a time of so much uncertainty and unknown and uh, i know we follow what you're doing at mall of america so closely and we really you know are impressed by how you've been able to get your team to keep people safe and and to really continue bringing us together in the space and enjoying shopping and that that moment that we get to spend together so thanks so much jill for being with us today and we'll keep an eye on where things are going we'll be looking for the syllabus for your class Thanks so much. And we just look forward to seeing all of our fans coming back to visit us. 
If you were going to create your own concert with three bands, dead or alive, who would it be? I'm going to have to do Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. um, Justin Timberlake. Yes. And, oh, third. Those are my top two. Um, I'll have to shift back to the 80s and say Def Leppard. Oh, yes. Who would, op- who would open and who would close the show? I would do it in that order. In that order. I love I think it. So. Oh, I think that could be really good. I'd go to that show. Mm-hmm.